0: Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to celebrityqb.com.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Calendar. Greetings, Throwdown Nation. This is Dwayne talking to you? Thanks for joining the show again. Going to have to jump right into it because we got another week of NFL action with week three. So we're going to go through the spread picks and get into the DFS lineups. So interesting slate today because we've got some matchups here where I'm, I'm looking at the initial lines and I'm kind of scratching my head and I think Vegas is trying to induce uh, some uh, bets here. But uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. So uh, going to start off with uh, the first matchup. Kansas City and San Francisco, I mean, the Chiefs are 6.5-point favorites, and I get it, it was a tremendous win uh, for Pat Mahomes against the Steelers, but it's as though they're taking San Francisco to be complete slouches. Now, I know the 49ers blew a huge lead against uh, Detroit uh, and basically had a scramble at the very end, Uh, to win that game uh, because they should have actually gone behind Detroit if the pick six wasn't uh, overturned by a holding call that was on a complete opposite side of the field. But anyway, getting into it. So with the Chiefs being favored by six and a half, uh, this is one of those matchups where if the line was, uh, and the line has gone down to three, you know, early on in the week, I would have said take San Francisco all day. So for pick and pulls, if the lines at 6.5, you got to take the 49ers here. It, it's way too optimistic saying that even though the Chiefs are at home, that they're going to win by a touchdown against the 49ers. The 49ers are a very talented group here. I, I think that's severely discounting uh, what uh, Garoppolo and the company can do, especially when the Chiefs don't really have a prolific pass rush to speak of. So I don't see the Chiefs being able to contain... Uh, the 49ers here, and also the line on this game, For I mean, the over-under on this game is coming in uh, over f- uh, 55 points. You know, there are going to be a ton of points scored here today. Uh, you know, and we'll get into that for the DFS picks because uh, it's going to be a lot of Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, I-, I like this slate uh, for DFS plays, but for uh, against the spread, the Lions, uh, if you got it in early for your uh, spread pool, Uh, you got to take the 49ers here at 6.5. I think the Chiefs win the game, but uh, 6.5 is too big uh, to pass up on. So, yeah, you got to take the Niners uh, for uh, the underdog pick, though. Moving on to Baltimore and Denver. This one's an interesting slate because typically I do not like West Coast teams having to fly across country to play 1 o'clock East Coast games. At least with Denver, they're in mountain time, so it's not as bad in terms of the jet lag, but it ain't great either. So this is a case where I'm um, looking at Baltimore minus 5.5. The line did drop down to uh, 3, 3.5. You know, it, it, it is one where typically if this wasn't a, a, a for pick and pulls, I would take a pass on this game just because, you know, I think Denver is a slightly better team. But these teams are really evenly matched uh, because they have similar deficiencies on offense. Denver's got the better pass rush, but Baltimore has the better secondary uh, when healthy. You know, I, I look at this as a game where it's a coin flip kind of game. So I have a tough time taking Baltimore at 5.5. So it's the reason why I'm taking Denver. Uh Plus five and a half but if the line if you if you're betting this now and the line was three then yeah I, I could live with Baltimore at three but uh, five and a half I, I think this is a field goal kind of game uh, so it's gonna be really tight but uh, I, I look at this as a case where you know this uh, this comes in and it, you know you, you, you get the, you, you get you get a little bit of a nail biter on both sides if if uh, if you were a fan of both teams moving on, we've got the giants going to Houston news came uh, early this morning that Eric flowers has been benched for the offensive line and good timing too, because Houston's got uh, pretty much a healthy roster for their defense. So Eli Manning is still going to be on his backside more often than not. Even if you are playing Chad Wheeler, I, I don't care it the giants offensive line has not shown one lick of improvement over last season, despite the amount of money spent. And I can't put my finger on right as to why that is, but they got to get it fixed soon. But this is not the week that it happens. Uh, I got to take Houston, minus five and a half here. Uh, I know the line dropped because uh, some of the sharp money tried to put uh, money on the Giants. Most of the time, uh, people... Tr- uh, like Books don't move money for, because of the public. New York is one of the few cases where the public can influence it a bit, but more often than not, it's because you've got uh, professional gamblers betting on certain teams, and I can see why with the Giants, because Houston's secondary has not looked very good, and guess what? The Giants still have Odell Beckham Jr., and chances are he's not going to be as limited, uh, because last week against styles was just an absolute... A joke of uh, uh, an offensive everybody, offensive line. They can't be that bad. So I look at it as a case where, even though Houston's offense is struggling, I got to take the five and a half here, just because the Giants have to show me a bit more to actually take them as an underdog, uh, because of the way they looked against Dallas. Uh, that was just too uh, too much there. I I, I can't. Even though I'm not a big fan of the the Texans at the moment here, both teams being 0-2, I can't see the Texans dropping this one, and I think they win by a touchdown. So I'll take the Texans minus 5.5. Oakland traveling to Miami. Again, I do not like West Coast teams flying to the East Coast to play 1 o'clock games. I've said it before. I'll keep saying it again. This is just one of those matchups that I am not in favor of. So... I'm going to take the Dolphins here, minus three and a half. I know the line dropped a little bit, uh, but, you know, I I still look at this as a case where I think Miami has a slightly better team anyway. Uh, You know, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the Dolphins this season, but uh, Oakland, you know, there's a lot going on internally between the uh, front office, the reports of the front office being completely divided with John Gruden's approach to handling the personnel, uh, you know, I'm assuming that John Gruden was behind the the Martavis Bryant being brought back into the fold when maybe some others weren't in favor of it. But uh, regardless, I I think there's a whole lot going on with Oakland uh, behind the scenes. And, you know, I know folks are going to lean a little bit on Oakland's performance against the Broncos and the fact that they were up. I didn't think the Broncos played all that well. Case Keenum looked awful. Part of the reason why I, I just don't like the Broncos... Uh, playing the Ravens uh, today, but I, I'm I'm kind of stuck with it. But uh, you know, it's it's a case where I I, I look at it and you know, realistically, uh, this is a case where uh, talking about Oakland, you know, not a lot of pass rush. The fact that John Gruden keeps talking about needing to generate a pass rush when he traded Khalil Mack is comical. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get off of the and stuff, uh, just looking at the two teams as a whole. You know, Ryan Tannehill's not going to amount to much as an NFL QB, but he should be passable enough to get through this one. I, I'll take the Dolphins here, minus 3.5, and, a half, and uh, the win outright, obviously. Uh, but uh, that's the way I, I'm leaning towards it in this matchup. Moving on, we've got Green Bay traveling to Washington. This is an interesting one because it the weather forecast here is rain, damp, and cold. You know, having knee in, knee issues myself, two things that I don't like having with my, uh, my bum knee is well bum knees I should say, but the, it's just cold, damp days. These are not comfortable days whatsoever. I don't care what you're doing. So the Packers are going to shoot up Aaron Rodgers with a bunch of cortisone zone shots and have him go out there. Not a fun day to be passing the football around uh, when you're not healthy and you can't move. Now, for Washington, they were absolutely atrocious against the Colts last week for the home opener. In fact, the home crowd was so just disenchanted with this franchise as a whole, it snapped a 50-year sellout streak. For Washington. 50 years. That's how disenchanted this uh, uh, fan base is with Dan Snyder running the team. It took took this long for them to finally tune out Dan Snyder. But, you know, given all of that, I still got to say that they have to be uh, a little bit uh, better than what they showed last week. Because last week was just a pitiful offensive performance against the Colts. But the Colts could actually be a better team than what we're giving them credit for, which I'll get to in a bit. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, Washington the benefit of the doubt here. They're two and a half point uh, underdogs at home. I'm gonna give a slight edge uh, to Washington here. You know, normally I stay away from games like this, but uh, this is a case where the public is gonna be so heavily on Green Bay. And given the weather conditions, I just don't see uh, Aaron Rodgers having a monster day. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a monster day, the Packers are always in trouble. So I'm going to give the edge to the home underdog here, and I'm going to say Washington uh, covers, and I think Washington wins the game. Uh, I'll even go that far and say I think Washington ends up winning this game, but it'll be a, it'll be a tight one. But I I I don't like. I don't necessarily like the uh, the Packers play here. I know a lot of folks have been uh, thumping their chest on Green Bay after a, uh, uh, getting the tie last week. But, you know, it, it's it's a case where I, I just look at Washington and I think uh, they got a rebound from a disappointing showing last week. So I'll, I'll take the home underdog here. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Now, next matchup, we've got the returning Carson Wentz to the Eagles lineup hosting the Indianapolis Colts. So, this is an interesting one here because the line was 6.5 because uh, Philly announced Wentz's return basically immediately after the aftermath of the loss last Sunday. It's like Monday, the news came that Carson Wentz was playing. And yet the line has now moved. So it started at six and a half, it's now moved down to three and a half uh, with Philly still being favored. But I, I, I'm kind of siding with the Sharks here. I think the public money's on Philly to cover, but the, the Sharp money is on the Colts. We don't know what uh, what condition Carson Wentz is going to be in in terms of rust, how he's feeling. I mean, we saw with Deshaun Watson looking a bit off these first two games. You know, I think it's a bit presumptuous to say that the Eagles are going to be clicking on all cylinders again. Yeah, it's an upgrade off of what Nick Foles was providing, but it's not necessarily a gimme that the Eagles cover by a touchdown. This is one where I say the Eagles win but this is probably going to be a four, like a four point win or, or a field goal win, uh, not necessarily a touchdown. I'm not, I'm not sold on that one. So I'm, go, I'm going to take the Colts as the uh, plus six and a half here. And uh, you know, we'll see how Wentz looks. But uh, you know, it's an interesting play. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily play Wentz today for regular fantasy. If you have other options, DFS. I think there are other plays here, but he is really cheap on Fanduel at seventy four hundred. So there is that aspect as well. Moving on, we've got Cincinnati at Carolina. You know, this is this is a, one of those uh, interesting matchups because the Bengals' offense has been very impressive. And Carolina's a three-and-a-half point favorite, but, you know, they really haven't merited that kind of uh, respect yet, in my opinion. You know, I think there's a lot of... a a backlash because we know the Bengals screw up more often than not, and that's the way we just treat the Bengals. But, since the defense has been better than what was expected originally, and the offense has been far better than what was expected. So, I kind of have to give the benefit of the doubt here to the Bengals. I know there's no Joe Mixon, so Gio Bernard's going to get the bulk of the a workload here for the Bengals, but I think it's going to end up being a case where any Dalton's throwing the ball a ton. So I, I think you can see a lot of, uh, volume coming, uh, uh, by way of AJ green and, and Tyler Boyd, uh, and maybe a little John Ross and i it sprinkled in there as well. But I think if you get the ball, to AJ green more often than not, you're going to win football games. I actually look to the Bengals to, uh, Cover as the uh, three and a half point underdog, but actually win this game outright. I I, I definitely think the Bengals have uh, a good shot at uh, doing so uh, this week and, and going on to being three now. Uh, I know Carolina's at home, but I I look at this this is one of those games where I kind of feel like uh, if we're going to get an up, uh, technically it qualifies as an upset. I think this is the game you got to circle there with since uh, it going to Carolina. Moving on to the Titans at Jacksonville. So, uh, uh, basically, uh, Marcus Mariota is still out with that elbow issue. You know, this is a mess. You got Blaine Gabbert going back to Jacksonville, the site of his failure as an NFL QB. You know, Blaine Gabbert is an awful quarterback. The fact that the Texans lost him last week is absolutely embarrassing. It's also the reason why I think the Texans uh, clean up against the Giants today because look, looking as sad as they did at times on offense, trying to uh, score points, uh, I, I can't see uh, that happening again. Tennessee was not good last week. Houston just lost that game. Jacksonville, I mean, Tennessee didn't win it. Uh, Jacksonville should eat Tennessee alive here today. Uh, I know it's 6.5 points, but... To me, this is—I mean, this is pretty much a lock. I, I, you know, Blake Bortles did not screw this game up. He played like—and in my, in my, my—and this is my theory about Blake Bortles: if he plays like Belake Bortles instead of Blake Bortles, so Belake Bortles doesn't actually play quarterback. He just threw He just chucks the ball on back shoulder throws through receivers, and lets the receivers make plays. If Blake Bortles is sitting there trying to read coverages, then the Jags are in trouble. If Balake Bortles just uses his God-given athletic abilities just to make uh, passes and run uh, run when there's no uh, linebacker spying on him, Balake Bortles is very effective. So I think Balake Bortles and the Jags Take down the Titans easily, and this is probably a double-digit victory. Uh, as long as Blake Bortles doesn't show up. So, just hope for Balake Bortles, and good things should happen here at, in Jacksonville. New Orleans at Atlanta. Uh, you know, this is uh, another matchup where the line was at uh, 3.5 for Atlanta. It's gone down to 1.5 And, you know, I think it's a lot of, you know, you you got uh, some of the public still being on Atlanta, but the Sharps are coming in on New Orleans, and I agree with the Sharps. I mean, to me, Atlanta hasn't justified the three and a half points yet. They really have not done it. It's like they didn't look all that impressive against Carolina. They should have beaten the Eagles. But again, you know, Atlanta's got a ton of injuries on the defensive end and you're going up against Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, I mean, I think the Saints are going to put up a bunch of points. You know, I think I think they got embarrassed by the fact that they couldn't really deliver against the Browns. You know, the Browns' defense may actually be better than any, any of us gave them credit for. Uh, but uh, I think that the New Orleans, this is their breakout game, uh, and it actually happens on the road. You know, the whole... The Saints can't play well outside the dome. You know, I think some of that is just, you know, hyperbole. I think it really comes down to what the matchup is. And the truth of the matter is, this is a great matchup for the Saints. This, the Falcons have so many injuries, especially with Keanu Neal lost for the season. is going to have free reign uh, coming out of the backfield to catch passes. Uh, this this could get uh, This could be the springboard victory to get New Orleans started on their season. And I'm taking the Saints today. Moving on, we've got the mismatch of the day with the Buffalo Bills against the Vikings. The Vikings are 16.5 point favorites. That's right, 16.5. Here's the thing. The Vikings are going to win this game. So your survivor pick should be the Vikings, in my opinion. The problem is the fact that I don't see Minnesota running a game script where they're trying to blow out the Bills. Minnesota, in my opinion, after that game against the Packers, has to figure out what kind of team they are. And I think this is a perfect matchup. You know, the Lions dropped to, uh, has dropped to less than two touchdowns uh, and is uh, hovering right right around 10, 10 and a half. But to me, this is a perfect game for the Vikings. You know, no Dalvin Cook, but reestablish the run game. Figure out your play-action passes between Diggs and Thielen. Get Kyle Rudolph involved. I mean, this is a game where the Bills' offense really shouldn't give uh, Minnesota any trepidation whatsoever. So they're going to have plenty of possessions to figure out their offensive strategy for the rest of the year. So I think they kind of use this game against the Bills as a tune-up match to get themselves situated for the rest of the season. So to me, the... The Vikings are pretty much going to use a lot of Latavius Murray in place of Dalvin Cook, do some play action, get Kyle Rudolph involved. I think they're going to be spreading the ball around quite a bit, and this is the game that Kirk Cousins gets to kind of get a feel for all the toys he has at his disposal because the first two weeks between San Francisco and Green Bay, they were kind of concerned about how much points they were going to need to put up to win games. Today... They really don't have that much fear of the other side being able to put up points. So now they can get a little bit more creative with the offensive play calling and seeing what works, what doesn't. So I actually think the Bills cover this matchup, not because of them being any good today, but just because that the Vikings are not coming into this game with the mindset of we have to win this by two touchdowns or more. I think the Vikings come into this mindset of let's find out what works and what doesn't. And so you're going to see this be a little bit closer than what you normally expect from the outset. And then the Vikings pull away. So it's just going to be a case where the Vikings are trying to build upon what they're going to do the rest of the season and use this game to do so. So I look at the Bills covering. The Vikings are going to win this game, but the Bills are actually going to cover, in my opinion, just because the Vikings are going to be tinkering with their offense and not necessarily being as focused on putting up touchdowns every single time they're moving the ball across the field. Getting into the afternoon games, we've got the Chargers going to the Rams, which really is not that far. I mean, dude, this might be one of the worst attended games of the season. Because the Chargers fans aren't showing up, and the Rams fans hardly show up. So, you know, the Rams are seven and a half point favorites. This is a big line. I am taking the Chargers, not because I think they're, uh, they're going to win the game, but just because I think seven and a half is too big of a number with a team as talented as the Chargers. I think the Chargers keep keep this one to within the touchdown, and they are covered that way. The, you know, the the live line uh, puts this closer to four and a half, uh, and that's more in the purview of the Rams. So the Rams, if it's a, uh, if it's the current line that you're betting on. Yeah, you could take the Rams, but you know, with the original lines, uh at seven and a half, like the Chargers would have been the play here. Moving on, you got Dallas going to Seattle. Normally I would say this is a nightmare game for Dallas. However, the Seahawks are in complete disarray. The offensive line still can't block anyone. Uh, Dallas defense, the amount of blitzes they were able to dial up against the Giants and confuse the Giants offensive line, same strategy should work today against Seattle because Seattle suffers from the exact same issues that the Giants offensive line does. So I don't expect that much from Seattle's offense today just because they have the exact same line issues that the Giants have. So the, uh, the Dallas defense should be able to, uh, uh, get rack up some sack totals against uh, Russell Wilson. Now on the flip side Seattle's defense isn't nearly as good as it's been in years past and we all knew this coming in but we didn't think it was going to be this lackluster. Uh, this line started out at 2.5 for Seattle. It's now shifted to a pick'em. I gotta take Dallas here. You know, I know this would drop to Seattle to 0-3 to start the year but you know, I got a ton of issues looking at the uh, the actual Seattle team. I mean, again, Seattle can win this game, but if I'm doing this from a pick standpoint, and I think most of the public is kind of looking at it from the mindset that the Se- the Seahawks' defense should still be able to figure out a way of beating the Cowboys, uh, I-, I-, I beg the difference. I'm, I'm going to take the Dallas, not that I trust them. It's just that the Seahawks are going through a lot of issues right now, and I I don't want to be privy to that. Chicago traveling to Arizona. You know, the Cardinals are a mess right now. You know, I'm not a big fan of the Bears with Trubisky at QB, but, you know, the Cardinals have so many issues that Khalil Mack should have a field day. So I'm taking the Bears minus five and a half. And I'm not even balking at that one. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I just look at it as a case of uh, Chicago should be able to take care of business here uh, today. And th- that that's the end of it. New England in the Sunday night game going to Detroit. So Bill Belichick against his former assistants pretty much is flawless. You know, I don't see anything Matt Patricia is going to come up with that's going to cause any issues for New England. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, you could say that uh, Detroit can cover, but it I don't see it happening. I think New England takes care of business, uh, uh, wins by at least a touchdown, and uh, they cover it. I know the public's going to be on the Patriots too. Uh, you know, this is one of those where it's like sometimes you just got to go with the public. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening. And then going into the Monday night game, you got Tampa Bay home underdogs by a point and a half to the Steelers. This is going to be a shootout. (laughs) And realistically, you know, I think that the Steelers defense still has too many holes in it right now to recommend them on the road against someone. Uh, You know, the fact that uh, Tampa was still able to uh, deal with the pass rush from the Eagles and throw down the field, and do it successfully early and often against the Eagles. Uh, I, I look at that and I'm saying that the public's is going to be on Tampa. I'd rather not be with the public on this one, but I can't trust the Steelers right now. You know, when I originally saw this line with the Steelers being favored, I thought like Vegas knew something that I didn't about Le'Veon Bell's situation. But uh, you know, I can't take the Steelers here. You know, even though they need a win. I'm not sold on this being the game just because the Steelers need to win. Uh, the Steelers have a ton of issues that they need to get fixed. And, you know, I, I look at it from the standpoint of the Steelers have got to uh, button down a couple of issues uh, uh, immediately. So it is, it is what it is. So moving on, uh, we're going to get into the DFS pick. So in terms of the lineups today for DraftKings, uh, I kind of looked at it from the standpoint of which players are coming in with some value and which uh, who has the upside uh, that you can kind of look toward. So Matt Ryan was uh, one of the guys that stuck out to me at 5700. Uh, you know, good matchup today against the Saints just because it's gonna be high scoring uh, based off of the line. Uh, a lot of the public's gonna be on uh, Pat Mahomes and. I am looking at Mahomes as well with another lineup. But, uh, you know, from the standpoint of uh, uh, squeezing in as much value as you can, uh, I, I like uh, Matt Ryan paired with Julio Jones at wide receiver. Now, at running back, uh, uh, due to the volume that I'm expecting to see, I like Alvin Kamara and I also like Latavius Murray. Uh, I think these are two uh, solid plays here. Uh, Murray, again, from Minnesota standpoint, they, they've got a lot of game flow, and they should have a number of possessions given the fact that uh, Buffalo's not going to be able to move the ball around much. Kamara, the Saints haven't been able to run the ball that much. I think they're going to try to change that around today. Plus, with the injuries Atlanta has had in their secondary uh, as well as linebacking core, I think Kamara's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and be very effective doing so. Other wide receivers to take a look at, I had to look at John Brown of the Ravens, Tyler Boyd of the Bengals. Uh, Should be an interesting option just because I can easily see A.J. Green drawing a ton of double teams based off of what he was able to do against the Ravens. So I think uh, Carolina may leave uh, Boyd open underneath. As far as John Brown, I think he has the speed to beat uh, Denver on the outside and vertically, so Flacco can get the ball to him. You know, All it takes is one big hitter for, uh, down the field, and John Brown has already uh, paid off uh, that 4800 price tag. So I like uh, John Brown. Another option that you can go with would be Will Fuller, a bit more expensive at $5,900. Uh, Eli Apple is out for the Giants, so uh, Fuller should be able to have a good day against the G-Men. At tight end, uh, you can take a look at Trey Burton or Jared Cook. Those are two fine options. And on defense, uh, you can go with the Ravens or the Bears. Uh, I, I think both options are very, uh, very enticing. The Bears are going to be more expensive at 3500 The Ravens are at 2800 But I think they're, those are fine options. Now, I know a lot of you are looking at Pat Mahomes and figuring out where can I stack uh, Mahomes and uh, get him in my lineups? So for the Mahomes portion of it, I would look at uh, Mahomes uh, paired with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as the primary stack for uh, the game today against the 49ers. And then at running back, I'd look at Giovanni Bernard for the Bengals at 5,900 with Joe Mixon out. And Corey Clement at 4,300 is really cheap. I I think he's going to be the most chalk play today on the board uh, with uh, fantasy owners just grabbing him. At 4,300, it's really hard to pass up, uh, but I get it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar at wide receiver at 6,100 is a nice option. And Calvin Ridley at 3,700 for the Falcons, I think he also could be in line of getting some decent value from Matt Ryan. So. That's another wide receiver option you can uh, consider as well. Uh, Matt Breida uh, should be able to get some uh, game flow as well from uh, the 49ers, uh, just because I I think it's going to be a back-and-forth contest. And uh, the Broncos' defense, if you're uh, going further down the scale of defenses, uh, Broncos' defense is only uh, 2,400. I think they'll still be able to get some pass rush against Joe Flacco, who can't move so uh, th- uh they they would be able to get uh some uh points there as well so i I, lo- I look at it as a case of uh you know if you if you go with the broncos defense you should be able to get some points to justify uh the pick there moving on to the fan side of things uh so if uh you're looking at uh, uh the valuations here uh different scoring system obviously with being half point but uh uh, concept, still we're looking towards the same. So uh, in in the event of uh, going FanDuel, I like Jimmy Garoppolo at the QB position with Alvin Kamara as the, um, uh, my running back. I've got also Chris Thompson at 6,500 for the Redskins. Uh, you know, Packers don't pick up uh, running backs all that well out of the backfield. Uh, I think Thompson can have a big day today. Uh, Tyreek Hill still is a viable option as a a wide receiver with Antonio Brown off the slate because he's playing the Monday night game. Uh, John Brown, uh, good option. Uh, Tyler Lockett, just because there really isn't anyone else for Russell Wilson to throw to, ends up falling into the mix here. Uh, George Kittle to stack with uh, Garoppolo. Uh, Kittle will run your 5,800. I think that's a viable play. And then, Breida, again, uh, I think uh, has a appeal as a starting running back or in the flex position in DFS purposes. And as I said, you can look at the Bears, you can look at the Ravens, you can look at the Broncos uh, for a defense. Uh, that's also something you look at. Uh, I also talked about uh, Carson Wentz earlier. Uh, Wentz, I think, can be a legitimate play uh, at quarterback at 7,400 uh, just because of the fact that, uh, you know, he he is a uh, uh, doing uh, uh, at, coming in at a very cheap price. If he can do anything against Indy today, uh, that's someone you can consider. The pricing valuation didn't quite work out on uh, DraftKings, so Fanduel is a little bit better of a play for him. So that's gonna do it for the show today. Just because I gotta finish up uh, with the rest of my lineup. So for regular fantasy. But uh, hopefully you get uh, I'll get this up and uh, you guys uh, can uh, uh, bring in some success. So best of luck to you with uh, all your picks and also your fantasy selection. So take it easy.
0: It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss.